0: It is the penultimate episode prior to Christmas. So welcome into In Gold Radio, the podcast. I'm Darren Millard, along with the co-founders of In Gold Magazine, Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison. We are gearing up for the holiday season. And when I say the second last show, which is a lot easier to phrase than penultimate, but hey, we, we delivered it. Uh, I'm talking about gift ideas. And we've got a lot going on around the world of goaltending. And we'll get into what happened with the Calgary Flames and, uh, expanding their goaltending department, uh, a transaction in the NHL world, and, of course, the World Junior Championships on the horizon. We will talk with the goaltending coach of Team Canada, who is also part of a uh, development with the Calgary Flames. Uh, So uh, it all kind of ties in together today. But before we get into it, let's talk about uh, gift ideas and what people can deliver under the tree in this close time frame going to the holiday season. Hutch?
1: Well, of course, they can get an Ingold Magazine subscription for their very favorite goaltender or many of their favorite goaltenders. Uh, Santa will deliver those right up to, well, Christmas Day, if you forget to buy a Christmas present and you wake up in a panic, cold sweat, get a gift subscription to Ingold. But more importantly, head over to IngoldMag.com. Um, much like our reviews, uh, Kevin has put together a fantastic gift guide of... um Pretty much all really affordable uh, options for giving to a goaltender, and uh, like all our reviews, it's wide open. anybody can read it. It's not just for our members. We'd love you to stop by and see. So things like um, Maria Mountain, who's been a good friend of InGoal's for years, uh, some of her programs. Great thing if you could get a goaltender that will, you know, serve them all year long. Uh, of course, you got a lot of beer league goaltenders listening to this uh, podcast, reading InGoal. Some of the BHLPA stuff there um, from our good friend KVG. You might want to check that out. Vintage goalie swag. Uh, of course, uh, as we'll learn again today, a visit to our friends at the hockey shop is is in order. Mask wraps. Um, masks, because we are all still social distancing from our buddy over at uh, Goalie Gear Nerd. Um, VR training. If you're not into buying the whole VR kit, we've got the skills ball machine. Um, Some great books, because we spoke to people like Shannon Sabados recently. All sorts of great programs available there. Uh, Art, mental training. Really, look, check it out. There's all sorts of links, all sorts of gifts. Um, If you're feeling stumped on something you can do for a goaltender, really suggest you check it out.
0: And you can also head over to the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports, Surrey. I mean, they're still open right up until the final days to Christmas.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I got to say, though, Darren, when Hutch described that panic and cold sweat of waking up on christmas morning without yeah. having purchased your gift did it feel to you like
0: maybe there was some personal experience involved there definitely that was a uh, autobiographical maybe christmas eve, maybe uh, christmas eve little, i get
1: the panics I, I don't think i've ever gone straight to christmas day but
2: uh, i could imagine it happening oh come on what guy come on what guy hasn't got to
0: christmas eve without the gift i think that's i think that's
2: part, kind of, part of the DNA. union yep.
0: is the hockey shop a uh, a hot Source for Sports, uh, Surrey, open on Christmas Eve, or like uh, right down to it. You don't want to be cutting it that close. I mean, Cecil's not sharpening skates until nine o'clock on Christmas Eve.
2: No, but we could probably give out Cam's home number just in case anybody
0: has any questions. <laughs> Send five, everyone five, over five. to Cam 1212. <laughs> area Cam code, you can't remember the 1 800 number, but I can oh, this- remember his cell number. <laughs>
2: <laughs> on a serious note, guys, um, as much as we're probably approaching, and we'll talk about it in the the gear segment coming up with Cam from the Hockey Shop, we are kind of approaching a cutoff quickly for them in terms of shipping and getting it there for December 25th. As Hutch said, um, there are a lot of items on our Christmas um gift guide, gift buying guide that you can get right up until Christmas Eve. Obviously, the best one, of course, is ingolmag.com, ingol premium subscription. But let's be honest, it's not all about putting gifts under the tree or stuffing the stocking of your favorite goaltender. There can always be a little selfishness in those purchases. And even if the hockey shop can't quite get everything to everyone in time for Christmas, they can still make you feel better with a little retail therapy. And a lot of their sales that uh, started on Black Friday still continue on. There are still some really good deals on some really good items. We talked about the composite sticks last week for as low as I think the Bauer one was 72 and the CCM Premier 2.5 was just $65 Canadian For a composite stick, a lot of deals like that, still some stock remaining. So, again, if you don't have time, you know, like I said, you might not be able to get it for the person on your gift list, but you can always get it for yourself a little New Year's present. Head over to the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com for all your personal gift buying needs after Christmas, as well as keep an eye on them for all next year's inventory. We're going to start rolling that out in the new year in terms of what's going to be new for 2021.
0: That is outstanding, and there's a lot uh, to sort through on that list. It's uh, beautiful, and it kind of goes, I'd like that. Uh, I'd like that. That's my impression of me. Oh, I'd really like a couple of those uh, when I sorted through that uh, that long list over at InGoal Magazine. Uh, we will get to the news of the day, and that is the Calgary Flames announcing a new goalie department. Uh, we will save that for just a little bit because it's a big part of our feature interview presented by Sense Arena. VR. And we chat with uh, Jordan Singlet and uh, uh, Jason LaBarbera. And uh, Jordan and Jason have worked uh, sort of side by side in the same building. And now they're coming together with the Calgary Flames. So, really interesting transaction and development on the goaltending front uh, with the Calgary Flames and general manager Brad Treyloving. But on the uh, other side, we have the Minnesota Wild uh, announcing both a signing and an injury, Woody. And do these go hand in hand with Andrew Hammond coming on board with the Minnesota Wild?
2: Yeah, and it sounds like Alex Daylock's going to be out for a while indefinitely was the word on their release today, and that's too bad because he obviously had a a really good second half last year, took over the number 1 job and Camp Talbot's going to be the guy there, but in a year where you're probably going to need more than one, there would have still been an opportunity for Alex to play a big role and um, one of the nicer guys around the league too. So anytime you, and a guy who's overcome a serious injury before, so hopefully it's not that bad. I uh, don't want to overstate the, the nature of it. Cause we're not, you know, we don't know the intimate details, but the fact they had to go out and make this signing tells you that, you know, it, they're at least going to be missing him for some time. They've got Kakin in there as well. The highly touted prospect, the AHL goalie of the year last year. So he'll get, he'll get an opportunity to play as well, but just kind of a tough break for a guy who has had tough breaks before and overcome them um, in a year where you're probably going to need to play both your guys that he, he might not be that option for them early on. So thoughts with Alex Daylock who extremely popular in, la- in that locker room. And one of, one of the guys that we love to talk to, we've, we had that, uh he, he took us into the stick room uh when Minnesota was here earlier last season before the, the pause and, showed us how he tapes up his tapes up his stick and how he has the notch cut out of it and explain why to us and talk to us about how he was thinking about maybe getting a, a curve just for empty net opportunities, you know, like a, like a power play stick for a sniper. You go get that one off the bench that, you know, you can clear over top of the penalty killers and, get it down the ice for uh, for an empty net opportunity late in the game so I think to me that just shows you the kind of personality he has and we obviously cheer for guys like that so hopefully he's back sooner rather than later and you know to be honest an opportunity for Andrew Hammond another guy that uh, you know we've had some good experiences with in the past and everybody knows the Hamburglar run and he ran into some injuries after that so it'll be good for him to get an opportunity as well and uh, like I said, Talbot's going to be the guy, but it'll be interesting to see now how it shakes out behind him with Hammond and Kakinen
0: while Stalock gets healthy. Uh, I'm in really eager to see Kakinen play in the National Hockey League for a nice little run. I'd like to uh, witness that. Staloc's a uh upper body injury, so uh, that goes hand-in-hand hand with the, uh, the report that it could be out a while, and Hammond is a two-way deal, so just a little bit of uh, housekeeping on the transaction with the with the Minnesota Wild, uh, just pick up on the uh, the empty net stick. Would you guys risk going with a curve that's slightly illegal? With if you're going to adopt, if you're going to go hard and and go all the way to adopting an empty net stick, would you push the envelope on the curve and risk being called on it? I don't do not th- think? I
1: don't think there is it. I don't think that that rule is there anyway anymore, Darren. I hate to say it, but. Yeah, no, seriously. What? I think the the illegal curve rule's been gone for a while, so you can just you can banana it's, curve it if you want. Goalies for are for
3: allowed goalies? to curve. No, the players players, players
2: rule changed. Yes. No, and there's a more allowance, no. but they can't go full like '80s like Dr. Crack and hook on that thing. Hutch is now googling away. He's gonna prove us wrong here, Darren. Yeah, I no love no way the players.
0: The Look at the he's he's he's, he's on, on the, the computer. He's, he's, he's on it. He's looking at it. He's googling. He may have got some bad advice from a referee from referee over my, uh, my shoulder. His young son behind him, and his young son chirps him as a referee. There's like Marty McSorley would run down there and tell them, "You're never changing that rule because I got caught for it," and goaltenders. Yeah, sure.
1: you might be right. Somebody here is saying it's been relaxed from a half inch curve to three quarter inch curve. So uh, regardless, that's a pretty big bend.
2: It it's is hard to bend. it's hard, it's hard to see it on the uh, it's hard for the listeners to see it, but I'm flexing right now. Actually, if even <laughs> it, actually the truth is, even if you could see me, you Well, when tell was the was last time somebody got anyways. called
1: on one? That would be the interesting question. I've never heard of a goalie being no, called
0: for an illegal curve. But I don't know that I can't remember the last time a player was. And, and well, it's not as common nowadays because guys aren't doing it themselves. So you don't have that day-to-day, ah, I might try a little for bit. For sure, with a bend, the composites. Uh, yeah. At the stick rack, they're all composite. They all come, come pre-curved. But would you guys risk uh, throwing a little bit of a bigger curve on, on your goalie stick trying to all go for long. the empty netter? Well, what are they going to do in beer league? Yeah, <laughs> I'd, hey, come
2: on! There's nothing legal I've about any of any it. my equipment. If I had a big enough curve, I might be able <laughs> to get on the top
1: of the circles instead of.
2: Just I was just my gonna crease. say the reality is I'm not getting it past the blue line,
0: so I uh, I'm with you. On that. <laughs> the worst part would be we'd all be tempted to do it, and our teammates would hate us because we'd be hitting them in the shoulders, at their shins, <laughs> or the pants uh, all the time instead of at the stick. So there's a, just a, a, a sideways. Uh, little detour so we're also keeping track of the world junior hockey championships and there's been major disruptions to, to the players and coaches and everybody leading up to this tournament because of some positive tests and uh, really affected team sweden but the good news is if you can find the silver lining uh hutch is none of the goaltenders we expected to see anticipated to see were uh sidetracked because of a positive test we're going to see those that uh that we're predicted to be there.
1: Yeah, so far so good. I know we know that there's some some teams hoping that we come out the other side of the quarantine here, this short four day quarantine to to make sure that everybody's healthy um, before we head into the championship. So so knock on wood. I hope that you're you're right about that, Darren. And and we've got the prospects here of one of the best tournaments in a long time in terms of, in terms of the talent that's potentially available there. And uh, just really looking forward to seeing what what some of these guys can do. And I as I, I've said before on here. I'm fascinated to see how this is going to play out when we look at the guys that have been playing overseas. You've got a season in, we've got guys coming straight out of the KHL um, compared to the the Canadian kids who haven't seen a game yet. Um, it's going to be fascinating. and uh, But I think it might also be surprising for all of us. So this could be one of the most interesting tournaments we've had in a long time. And of course, we've got no hockey over here to watch at all. So it's going to all eye- eyeballs will be on it come Christmas Day. Really looking forward to what happens.
2: Yeah, some massive names. The scare obviously, just drafted 11th overall by the Predators. Spencer Knight with another year at the World Juniors, 13th overall to the Florida Panthers the year before. Dustin Wolf um, will be there with him on the U.S. team. A kid that I'm like we've had on the like had as a guest and just an exceptional young man and a hell of a goaltender Uh, overseas as well from, from Finland. you have got Blomquist who a lot of people, I know some NHL goalie people had him ahead of a scare off. You've got Al Nefelt, the highly regarded Tampa Bay prospect and behind him is Jasper Wallstedt who I think most people expect to be the first goaltender picked in next year's draft. So I'm I'm really excited to see him. So the good news is none of those guys got sick. Knock on wood. They're all in quarantine right now. They're all going to come out of it unscathed and be able to play in the tournament. The bad news for those two Swedes is they're not going to have a goalie coach because Sweden's goalie coach was one of the ones that tested positive. Uh, their coaching staff was hard hit. They were able to replace some parts of their coaching staff. But last time I checked because of the rules, they weren't able because of the window and the timeframe that the illness occurred, they weren't able to add new people in terms of replacing the goalie coach. So the Swedish guys, and you know, listen, we talked to LaBarbara. We talked to him later on here, uh, in the feature interview and I've talked to him at length about this. Like when we talk about what makes the world juniors, it's that so good and so entertaining sometimes is the emotions of these kids. Like they can get, you know, it's less controlled than say an NHL environment and the highs and lows and the momentum swings can be so, so massive. And, having an NHL voice or having a, a, a goalie coaching voice to help you through that from a goalie coaching pr- perspective can be a big thing. So, you know, the Swedish guys, other than maybe some video conferencing, are, are going to be on their own a little bit there. So that's a bit of a challenge for them. The other thing, guys, a little bit of a, a little scoop for you guys. Um, you, know well, what like might, you know what might look different when this starts? You know all these... You know, all these awesome, wicked looking gear sets we've seen for the different countries from Bauer and CCM over the past ah, couple of I know weeks? I where you're going, Woody. I know where you're going. Yeah. Some of these are going to look a little different when you see them on television because, and we were aware of this, um, what not a lot of people realize is that the various federations have deals with different equipment companies. And so within those deal- deals, you are limited in what you can do in terms of using the Federation logo on the pads with your own logo. Um, CCM in the past has not been able to use, for example, we saw the CCM graphics come out, right? With all the different countries. Yep. Notice how the the Canadian players didn't have one. Well, part of the reason there is you can't use the Hockey Canada logo. Bauer has that exclusively. Bauer also has the American logo. So that's why Dustin Wolfs didn't have a USA hockey logo on it anywhere. Had a flag. Had Captain America theme, but didn't have a USA hockey logo. Well, um, on the flip side of that, uh, it sounds like CCM is exercising some of its rights in terms of the European teams it does have affiliations with, some of whom had already received gear from Bauer, including Swedish goaltenders with the Trey Krona on it, the three crowns worked into the design. And so technically, you can't have that and or on a Bauer pad or at least have the Bauer logo. Now, here's where my understanding where this is going to go, and I give full marks to Bauer on this. Rather than making these kids cover up the logos um, and the Federation logos, which, let's be honest, would call quite a bit of attention to the issue and maybe even put some people on their side and say, why would another company do this and make them do it? and put the kids in the position of wearing ugly pads, it sounds like Bauer has created color-matched patches and will sacrifice their own logos on the gear. Cover up the Bauer, and in a way that matches, not like, you know, sometimes like Brian's and Vaughn don't have IIHF licensing, so you'll see like the black patch over yeah, the Vaughn yeah. logo sometimes. Yuri Patera a couple of years ago had that big yeah, patch
0: like, on the side. Yeah.
2: Come on, boys, we're in the era of padskins. I realize it calls attention to your gear and makes people think about it, but just cover the logo in a matching color. Sorry, I, mm-hmm. that's, that looks better for the kid. That's what Bauer's going to do. So full marks to them. Um, so when you see all this gear that we've seen on the internet in the next couple of days or couple of weeks, it'll be subtle, but it'll probably be missing that Bauer logo. Some people might not even notice it but I think I under fully understand you need to enforce your rights on both sides of the equation, both with the hockey Canada and USA and now with the European. Um, uh, but I just love the way, you know, rather than, rather than punishing the kids, they're going to cover their own logo and sacrifice their own logo, uh, and not have it be a part of certain sets of equipment. Um, so that the kids still get to wear a design that overall is, is, is going to be pretty hot and it's, it's not going to look funky because they've had to cover something else. So, a uh, little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of an insight there. And for those that are wondering, those that will notice why things are different um, when we start to see this gear again coming
0: out of the quarantine, there's your explanation. Wow. So that's uh, something to watch for when the exhibition games do start. And they will be highly viewed exhibition games because we don't have uh, any Elder Hockey going right now uh, on national television in both Canada and the United States. Uh, you know, Going back to that tournament in Vancouver, when Patera did that and and blacked out the side of his pad, uh, I thought, "Geez, that almost draws more attention and makes me wonder what pad that was." So I, I actually wondered if they were doing that on purpose, but probably not. But that was my little hmm. Yeah, and I think most people would it.
1: assume that's the double IHF, not mm-hmm. the specific right. countries. Which I think Woody digging that up is, is a really interesting point for all of us. I think a lot of people are learning something here, Woody.
2: Well, no, I mean like the it's the IIHF it's the IIHF rule that prevents a company like Vaughn or Bryant's from having their logo displayed, but it's it's your choice. But I mean in terms of the ones that are dealing with federations as well. I think not everybody realized
1: that there's two layers to this, right?
2: Had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And and then in terms of, you know, for, for the ones that were it's just straight IIHF, like I just, you know, I, I never thought of it before because I'm with you, Darren. Like, yeah, like it does draw more attention to it. And as a company, you're like, yeah, hey, we didn't have to pay the rights fees and everybody's asking if that's our gear. Although I think most goalies sort of know who's, you know, what a pad looks like and and what company it is. And I just thought that, you know, I'd never thought of it before, but really, honestly, in an era of, of color match pad skins, you can cover that logo up without calling that much attention to it. And at a time when, you know, we talk about look good, feel good, play good, Um, I just, you know, like I said, I think Bauer deserves, uh, you know, a tap of the tap on the pads, a pat on the back for doing it in a way Then, rather than saying, look at us or we got screwed or whatever. They just said, we want these pads to look as good as possible. We'll sacrifice our logo and we want the kids to look as good as possible. I, I just think it's a smart
0: play to be honest with you. Just like us, we, we call each other out, uh, not to look good and feel good, but just to make fun of each other. We, we sacrifice ourselves just to make fun of each other. That's, that's the way we roll around Engel magazine and Engel magazine. As we should. As we should. Mag- <laughs> right. By the as way, by well, the way voice, the podcast.
1: Hey, just a little update on that. I'm looking at the Hockey Canada rule book right now.
0: Yeah? That's different quote, than the NHL.
1: Quote, well, true, true. But quote, there is not a stick curvature measurement limitation to be enforced.
0: So in minor hockey, you can do whatever you want with a curve.
1: 100%. Yeah. As if you, you probably couldn't anyway, right? With composite, as we've said, but. But yeah, so the referee over my shoulder was correct, and you guys were correct about the NHL. I'm sure as well. So it's a win win. So here, so, guys.
2: just except for you in the middle who boggled bon- 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 yeah, the whole thing. Uh, up.
1: I'm just a complete mess, and I'm just <laughs> reading the web like everybody else. So
0: you you were so excited though. That's what I liked. Well, you, I'm still you, half can't right. Take back the excitement that, oh, that yeah. we listened to and heard from you.
1: I still got a little bit over you boys, just a little <laughs> bit, but I didn't even get it. I was just passing it on. So I'm not even bright.
0: I'm just well, to it. One thing's for sure. We have to pull up our pants and uh, we'll do that right now with a visit to the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com and Source for Sports Surrey as we profile the Vaughn V9 Pro Carbon uh, with a little hangout with Cam as Woody makes a trip out to Surrey.
2: Welcome back to the Hockey Shop for Sports out here in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia, the outskirts of Vancouver, or for those of you not blessed enough to live on the West Coast with Cam and I, thehockeyshop.com for all your goaltending needs. We are down in goalie utopia with Cam with surrounded by all this magnificent goalie gear, a little less, a little less goalie gear than last time, uh, thanks to a spectacular Black Friday sale um and i'm guessing there'll be even less by the time we hit christmas as people uh that are are nearby and maybe some of you that live within a few provinces can still get shipping on on christmas items to stuff that last minute gift under the tree so make sure you hit cam up if you got any questions about the shipping deadlines we'll do that at the beginning Cam. where can they hit you up if they're curious if they can still get before we get into this week's featured gear where can they hit you up to find out hey i really need a stick I really need skates. Can I get it in time to get it under the tree?
3: 604-589-8299. Just give me a call.
2: Have you figured out the 1-800 number yet, or? no. (laughs) So we'll flash flash that little 1-800 number on the screen, Hutch, work your magic. For those that are wondering why we're talking about a screen, of course, we're now about eight weeks into doing this on a simulcast. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been watching the gear segment on especially Instagram, IGTV. Um, averaging, you know, a a little over 10 to 15,000 a week in view. So that's been kind of cool. Cam's head still fits through doors despite that growth. Um, so it's been great now back to our regularly scheduled program. We took a little break there for some Christmas gift ideas, some black Friday ideas, we're back into pants and we're going to hit it up. The Vaughn V9 pro carbon kind of follows nicely. We wrapped up the chest protectors with the Vaughn V9 pro carbon. We're going to start with the pants. For those of you who are watching on the simulcast, you'll notice that I am actually wearing the pants because I get into this like a dress up. This is like Halloween for me. Didn't get to go trick-or-treating. So I come into the hockey shop, try on all the gear and know I can, make sure there's lots of stuff he has to put back on the wall when we leave. And that includes wearing the Vaughn V9 Pro Carbon pants for the first time, Velocity Pro Carbon. I got to say, they're pretty, uh, they feel cam like a traditional pant in terms of, fit and style like i haven't got an inner belt here um they just sort of there's a lot of mobility is that walk me through what the what the new features are what this pant is known for what the feedback has been.
3: Yeah, that the word like a gym short fit kind of comes to mind a little bit when you said that. Um, so your description of feeling very mobile is, is is correct right off the bat. I'm gonna be honest with you, that's not the description I was
2: looking for. I'm quite glad you didn't play dress up because
3: I don't want to see you in your gym shorts. Gym shorts, well, <laughs> that's good, then you, you're good, you pass. That said, The pant itself, um, a bit more of a tapered fit, something that we haven't seen from Vaughn before. Um, They're falling in line with what the NHL legal rule is for uh, pant width in terms of the actual barrel. So they're actually a rounded 9-inch molded thigh barrel as opposed to uh, a 10-inch, which we saw uh, on the previous pant in the ve 8 and also uh, for a lot of the other ones that are on the wall in particular. Yeah, and
2: uh, you'll see those reviews in the coming weeks. Uh, We've we've talked about, uh, about the CCM and the Bauer have gone to, or in some cases stuck with, a Mm -hmm. 10-inch leg, so just a little bit wider through the thighs and around the leg. Now that said, it's NHL legal, it's a little bit smaller, it's a little more rounded and tapered, um, but I still feel like, you know, uh, there's room in here, uh, not just in terms of movement and mobility,
3: but there's room to still tuck in um, a knee pad underneath. Correct. Yeah, they still cut it out enough to still amalgamate with that wider style of a knee pad. Uh, A nice feature of Vaughn pants in particular too is that they do come with a tie on the inside of the actual thigh itself. So you can actually tie your knee pads into the pant themselves. Uh, in particular. It's just a leather tab la- for those of us tab that can't with some, see. Yeah, yeah,
2: tab with some lace holes.
3: Yeah, so just a nice little quick added feature there. Uh, another way to wear your knee pads. Uh, one of the things that they did also change um, from the V8 pant was how the the crotch line of the pant actually integrates. So, they've added more of that uh, neoprene stretch material basically in the center of the crotch. Uh, this allows uh, easier integration, especially for those guys that are wearing those big double cups and whatnot. Um, so, that it won't interfere with the pan as you're moving around. So, it creates a little bit of extra space in the forefront of the pan.
2: I'm glad you mentioned double and for some of us, triple cups. Uh, in the NHL, most guys are wearing sort of a uh, player or, you know, sort of sport athletic cup underneath and then a goalie double cup over top of that. Uh, I'm also glad you mentioned that's why you needed the neoprene. There were so many jokes to be made there about that extra stretchy material. I'm going to leave those. Uh, moving to the inside of the pant, as, you, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, some of the other pants that we've looked at, or are going to look at here in the gear segment coming up, uh, have inner belts. Yes. This one doesn't. Again, keeping with NHL spec, you can't have have an inner belt in the National Hockey League, so this is more along the lines of an NHL spec pant, um, but it looks like some pretty easy traditional attachments for suspenders. For those of you who, what I like about inner belts is it allows you to sort of cinch the inside and have that barrel on the outside. For this pant, do you need to cinch it up sort of using the belts that run around, like you have to tie it tight around the waist. And if that's the case, is it harder to tuck with this compared to, like, is this a
3: pant where you would normally untuck? You can, you can do both with it. And now again, that word preference kind of comes back into play, which we've talked about so many times uh, before. The waist itself is stiff enough to accommodate that chest um, inside, for example. Um, but what I do see this pant a little bit more is that when you do torque it down, it definitely tapers in the waist. I think a little bit more for that untuck guy. So it's a little more form-fitting. Correct. Do these
2: pants make my hips look big? Probably not. I think it was the pants. Probably not. (laughs) So less of a barrel around an inner belt and more, like you said, more tapered. But you can still stuff a chest protector on the inside of it and then pull it tight. Correct. And of course, as we said, you know, probably, I mean, it's not like it's falling down on me here. Even with these cinch tight, you can probably quite easily attach and, and use a suspender system to to keep it up. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because we don't want to be like the kids with them pants falling down all the
3: time, not when we're on the ice. No, we don't want that. (laughs) Any other features? Uh, What's been the feedback on this model? Uh, Good protection overall. I mean, uh, again, those familiar with long pants, it's not too much of a departure from what you've been previously used to. Uh, Again, the biggest thing though is moving to those nine inch barrels. Uh, Lightweight air mesh liner throughout the pant, um, keeps it breathable, makes it lightweight as well. Um, It is really light, noticeably light. When you put it on, like I said, uh, the,
2: the two things that do jump to mind is, uh, I'm not sweating right now. It's a pretty light pant, even though we're indoors and I'm wearing a goalie pant. And the mobility just moving around and standing up in it is, uh, it, feels like, it feels like a pant that we just got off the wall, but it feels like it's something I've
3: worn for a while and is broken in quite easily. Yes, that bread and butter Vaughn fit in that sense. So.
2: Okay, the one thing I did notice too, though, uh, with the 9-inch barrel pant, uh, pant leg being a little tighter, and the fact that the inner... The inner padding isn't removable like we've seen on some other models. Could you fit a full, like, I mean, I guess NHL Legal still fits under here, but you you might have to be a little careful with some
3: of the max size knee pads sort of sliding in and out underneath this? Not as much necessarily, because one thing is that the back of the pant is actually quite a bit wider uh, or in terms of how it's cut. So even though it looks thinner up front, you've It'll got still a, open up. You have a lot of travel room in the back to be able to accommodate for that bigger style of an e-pad. Okay,
2: there we go. Von V9 Pro Carbon Pant. Cam, thanks for walking us through this line. Uh, stick with us, folks, as we continue to make our way through pant models from CCM, Bauer,
3: and Warrior.
0: Awesome job. Uh, do, your, your hips did look a, a little bit bigger. Uh, I don't know whether that's the season sneaking up on you or, or not, but uh, well done with the pants. And I have a question. The inner belt thing. Some pants have the inner belt. Some pants don't have the inner belt. These ones didn't. The Vaughn ones, right? Right. Okay. What's And in the NHL, you're not allowed to have the inner belt. Illegal. Correct. Okay. Why not?
2: Okay. So, and here's the thing, like the reality is like, I'm an inner belt guy. I like inner belts. Um, but that's cause I'm not a suspender guy. <laughs> if you have suspenders, you don't really need the inner belt. Like they kind of, you, you don't need both. But the reason it's illegal in the National Hockey League is what the inner belt allows you to do is tighten things up around your waist and keep the pant in place, but not Tighten up the pant around your waist if it makes sense. You're tightening up that inner belt to get the fit, but the pant stays at its maximum width in terms of that barrel shape. Whereas if the belt is around the pant itself and you tighten it up, just like me tightening up my golf pants after losing a couple of pounds, which never actually happens, but when you tighten up the belt from the outside, everything cinches in tighter, right? So you you actually make things smaller. Whereas with an inner belt, you can tighten things without cinching the pant up and making it smaller. You can maintain that nice big barrel around the belt. You don't affect the, the size or the width or the presentation of the pant despite tightening how it fits on you. That's the advantage there.
0: So with the NHL, everybody would use suspenders.
2: Well, not every... I mean, I think most do, but the, the, yeah. the, reality, the reality of the NHL is... You don't have to. I, no, you don't have to tighten your pants from the outside. But the reality of the NHL is, if you want your pants to be tightened at all, it has to be done from the outside, not the inside. You can't tighten the inner belt and let the pant hang loose. That—that's well, kind of the point. There, like the suspenders, give you another way around it. I guess is what I'm saying. But to a, to with a point. the inner belt, guys were guys were guys were able to get away with a lot more. I mean, I there were guys that, you know, quite frankly, without naming names, there were guys where you would see them getting out of their pants and they were sticking out 3 4 inches on either side before they cracked down on the rules. That's just mm-hmm. the reality of it.
1: I think that was a surprise to me when I first saw a bunch of guys in the NHL rooms that that even I I've, I've been on the ice even last summer with a bunch of major junior kids who have those pants cinched up real tight from the outside because they don't have the inner belt either. And then you go in an NHL room and these guys have them as wide open as they can possibly get them. They've got skate lace replacing those inner laces so they can let it bag out as far as they possibly can to get. And, and maybe this will, this will end up being a gear tip on, on Ingo Premium at some point. Um, But there's also another way that you can lace in those suspenders that we saw Carey Price do. Because even now, if you put suspenders on because of where they attach to the pants, they can have a you know they can make a difference in pulling in the width of those pants if you're wearing suspenders relatively tightly as to where they attach on the pants so we saw carrie have a little bit of a different way of doing them up and we'll share some photos and some tips on how to do that over on premium at some point woody
2: yeah and you know what i actually as much as it's about that overall size of the pant in terms of i kind of missed a big one here darren One of the real specific reasons when they actually made the change to remove inner belts being part of the pants in the National Hockey League was, and this is a nice tease for a guest we've got coming up. We are going to have Francois Lair on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So big tease there to one of the all timers in the uh, goalie coaching. Well, you've got all kinds of nuggets today. Yeah. Well, Francois Lair and Jean Sebastian Jaguar were kind of targeted because what the inner belt allowed them to do. What they did was they created an integration with the chest protector and the pant, and the third part and of that knees. was the pants to the knees, and they were it was a it was a fixed relationship, so a sort of fixed tie in between the the knees and the pants. So, picture this: I drop to my knees, the knee pads hit my pads, they push my pants up. My pants are attached to an inner belt, so now my my pants can stay attached at a fixed point, but the inner belt allows the outside of my pants to move up and down as I drop. So when I drop, the pants pop up. If my chest protector is tied and fixed to that that edge of the pants, effectively, I create one piece that pops up when I drop to the ice. so as I drop to the ice, my pants pop up, and it pushes my chest protector up over my shoulders and can create an extra inch plus of coverage so it wasn't just the inner belt in terms of making sure guys cinched it in a little bit more and kept things tighter around their waist from that presentation it was this sort of integrated system that was brilliantly done that allowed sort of you to create a link between hitting the ice and your chest protector actually rising and increasing in its coverage like a lever I mean, in some ways, yeah, like it all like it was kind of one piece and it all shifted up with that inner belt. Like it was freaking brilliant and it wasn't illegal until the NHL decided we better put this horse back in the barn and make it illegal. And hopefully we can get Frankie to talk about that a little bit when we have him on the pod, because, um, you know, again, a lot of people like like these were all within the rules. It was just them looking at the rule book and saying, "Ooh, I can make that work for me. It wasn't cheating. It was just being ahead of the curve on those types of things. And it was
0: it was freaking brilliant, man. One more on the inner belt is, and you you guys touched on it with Cam, uh, the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop dot com, in the gear segment. If you wear an inner belt, do you really default to being untucked then? Um, no, I wouldn't say
2: so. You, you don't have to because honestly, by wearing an inner belt and having that barrel shape around it, you actually create a fair amount of room to tuck. Um, Okay. Now that I've done both that I've done both. Yeah. You can do both that way. I will say sometimes the, the clips on the sides of the belt where the belt attaches to the pants can limit how, like, if you've got a really long chest protector, you can't necessarily get it all the way in for the tuck, but you can still definitely do both.
1: I've done inner belt and suspenders. Suspenders sort of hold everything down in terms of the chesty. And then the inner belt holds the pants up in a more comfortable way. So,
2: yeah. So, okay. so the suspenders basically are doing the opposite of what that whole effect we were talking, like holding it down when we were talking well, it was about that, when they holding, did it.
1: More holding the chest a little tighter because it tends to bag out with the big beer belly. So I got to, there's that air gap I got to pull in with the suspenders.
2: I so. know that one. The beer
0: league thing. You and I are speaking the same language. Like when you skate by the glass and you go, what is that? Oh. And, and then the next time you make a mental note and you're like, next time I've got to find a way to get that thing taken care of because that air pocket is not Jared, i don't know
1: we're getting selfies from you out riding the bike in the desert you're getting ready for the tour de france you don't have any sort of beer league belly my friend
0: no way nice try downhill with the wind <laughs> that's that's my exercise <laughs> that's the way i look at it uh fascinating uh I, I i love uh listening to cam and woody and then just i had these questions about some of these uh gear segments about the, the new equipment and different things that, uh, that I haven't necessarily experienced. I'm a suspender guy, so uh, I've never done this inner belt, though. I, I do know goaltenders from that era of the Jiggy era uh, who didn't use anything, inner belt or suspenders. They just, the pants were, they were so big that they just stayed in one spot and you were just, it was, it was like an ocean in there. Uh, before they they tighten up the rules. What if
2: I told you that after they tighten up the rules, I once saw a goaltender with an inner belt win a Stanley Cup.
0: We'll leave it at that.
2: We'll leave that one at
0: that. Well, we'll uh, look at other uh, potential ways to take advantage of the goaltending world. And one of those right now is coaching. And we've seen a a couple of teams uh, expand their goaltending department. And this doesn't happen overnight, as you will hear in our feature interview presented by Sense Arena. But the Calgary Flames have adjusted how they are going to deal with goaltenders in their system. And uh, this is brought to you by Sense Arena, guys. And a perfect
2: little tie-in there before we get to Jordan Sigelay and Jason LaBarbera. Sense Arena, obviously, the virtual reality training tool that we've been talking about here on the InGo Radio podcast for, what, a good six weeks now, Hutch? a uh, Full review is... Yeah, full review up online and unlocked for anyone to read at ingolmag.com. Uh detailed overview of how it works, uh, why it can work for you, uh, how to set it up, how to navigate it. Really well done job by Hutch. Really, uh, really in-depth review. But interestingly enough, both of these coaches are in the process of maybe getting a little experience with the Sense Arena because... The Calgary Flames goalie, David Riddich, is one of the customers and one of their newer clients on the pro end who's been using this to sort of augment his training when he can't get on the ice. And we've heard from guys right up to pro level, right up to the NHL, about how good this tool is, this virtual reality tool is for tracking and for hand mechanics. And David Riddich is a guy who's using that. And Jason LaBarbera right now is is waiting on uh, three headsets, hopefully to be delivered in the next, uh, well, in the next few hours. Um, to help the Hockey Canada goalies get through their mandatory quarantine Before they get back on the ice here, these kids are stuck in their hotel rooms and what better way to get ready to play a big tournament than to have a little virtual reality and uh, actually stop some pucks. So I heard the kids were quite excited about the opportunity that was coming. And I know the other countries are taking advantage of it. I saw a couple of German goaltenders training with Arena on social media today. I'm pretty sure that the Czech team has at least one set, maybe multiple sets because each kid is stuck in his own room so that's that's the downside right now you can't just have one but certainly it's a tool that they're using at the world juniors to help these kids stay busy stay active stay stopping pucks through virtual reality and it's a tool that i think everyone else can use as well hutch
1: yeah absolutely it's uh an incredible tool and we really enjoyed getting the opportunity to uh to put it through its paces and and to you know honestly if you if you take some time and read the review we were we were pretty pretty upfront about some of the limitations because because it's not perfect yet um it's uh and some suggestions for the company that i know that they've taken note of and are are working on for the next release of the software but uh yeah an incredible tool and and one of the things that i made plain in in the review guys is that what are you comparing this to as a tool it's it's not replacing getting on the ice, although we know some of these guys in quarantine are, are using it in that sense. It's replacing what are your other off-ice tools to work on your tracking, to work on your hand-eye coordination, uh, to work on reading the game. Really, we haven't had very much at all as goaltenders off the ice until now. And uh, and this is a quantum leap forward in giving goaltenders at home the ability to do something uh, to to improve the game. And as as we noticed in our testing, as my son Maddie noticed in our testing, as the LA Kings goaltenders reported to us through Bill Ranford, um, use the sense arena and it makes a difference in your tracking on the ice the next day. So uh we're really excited about the tool and and looking forward to continuing to work work with it as we go forward.
0: Is that the same Maddie that tried to catch Woody and I in a big rules violation earlier yeah
1: the one who was right when he look because because he's a hockey canada referee wondering. and he was right about his rule book so uh, <laughs> i was just the wrong one about the nhl so i'm the guy uh, in the middle
0: hey do, do you imagine uh what what a lot of people used to do is uh, like throw a tennis ball against the wall bounce it against the wall and have it come off at a different for angle hours you might get some some yeah for hours uh the, that would have just wrecked those hotel rooms in Edmonton in the bubble after four days. So Sense Arena is actually saving the the, the bricks and the mortar. It should be sponsored of, by of the, the Marriott or something. In, <laughs> in, inside the bubble. So thank you to uh, Sense Arena uh, for, for doing that because uh, that would have been uh, a mess. But it's, it's, a, it's a real tool and something that Jason LaBarbera and Team Canada are taking advantage of. And then Jason, after he's done with the World Junior Championship, is going to return to Calgary where he lives. And he has a new job waiting for him, as Calgary has announced that uh, Jason the Barber is the new NHL goalie coach. Jordan Sigalett has been elevated to oversee the goaltending department of the Calgary Flames. So real big happenings uh, right now with the Calgary Flames, Woody, with uh, their goaltending department. And it's a trend. Yeah, I know
2: it's a trend that, um, you know, a lot of people, we we tease the fact we're going to have Francois Lair on uh, the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the Florida Panthers with Roberto Luongo taking over the director role. And Francois, a special consultant, announced this, I think, last week, something similar in their department. They'll still have Robbie Tallis in the NHL. They'll have Leo Luongo as a development role. Uh, AHL goalie coach and some scouting. They're looking to expand their scouting. Uh, a couple months before that, the Arizona Coyotes, Brian DeCord was announced as the director of goaltending. They've got an NHL goalie coach, an AHL goalie coach, and a goalie scout already in place. So a nice big department there. And, you know, obviously this is something that to me dates back when I see this type of department structure. Um, to me, this the start of this is Mitch Korn, 27-18 with the Washington Capitals. Um, had hired Scott Murray in the AH role, AHL role before that and sort of worked with him and 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 nurtured him and brought him up to the NHL role. They hired Alex Westland, another highly regarded goalie coach who actually was a finalist for the New Jersey Devils NHL job just this summer. So really quality goalie coach there um, and really built out an apartment and they won a cup the first year. So um, from there, Corn Leaves goes to the Islanders. Uh, where he's continued in that role for the past couple of years with them. But to me, that's that's where it all started, and it's nice to see other teams following suit. Um, you know, as we talked about the the Canucks had it for one year with Cluche and Clark before Dan Kluche left. Uh, that hasn't been filled since, but uh, Arizona this summer, Florida last week, Calgary this week. The New Jersey Devils have been operating with the same type of structure, if not formalized or announced uh, for most of this summer. Um, so yeah, this is an exciting day for goaltending and even better for us here at InGoal is, is a couple of guys that we've had on as guests before and Jason LaBarber and 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 Jordan Sigalette. and nice enough on the day it was announced to join us to talk about how this is going to work and some of their philosophies about goaltending with our audience.
0: And a reinforcement uh, to uh, how tapped in uh, Kevin Woodley is and David Hutchinson is with uh, the world of goaltending because InGoal Magazine was ahead of the curve on the reporting of this. And Kevin is in goal uh, on Twitter uh, was uh, was ahead of the uh, the curve in, in just bringing everybody to light uh, what was going on with the Calgary Flames. So Jason Labarbra Barbs is now working with the Calgary Flames goalies. Uh, Jordan Sigalette Siggy is uh, overseeing the department and will take on a couple of different roles when it comes to goaltending. And Kevin Woodley, Woody, is the man that caught up the on the day of the big announcement, this is our feature interview on Ingle Radio, the podcast presented by Sense Arena VR.
2: So this is a special treat for uh, our audience here at Ingle. We don't do this often where we have more than one guy on the air, but the opportunity to get well, I guess, two thirds of the Calgary Flames' new goalie. Goalie department? What are we calling it, guys? Did you guys go goalie excellence, Siggy, or did you just call it a goalie department? We got Jordan Sigalette, the Calgary Flames new director of goaltending, and Jason LaBarbera, um, the Calgary Flames new NHL goaltending coach. We don't have Thomas Spear, but I wanted to mention him, uh, your AHL development goalie coach and another guy that we're big fans of. So so how did? The, let's just start with you, Siggy. How did this all come to be?
4: Yeah, you know, it's something uh, myself and Brad Shulivian have been talking about for probably a year and a half now. And I got uh, LaBarbera in the loop right away, you know, just to see what his interest would be. Cause he was a guy we wanted to target and, you know, he had interest all along. It was just, you know, making it happen and, and the timing of it. So when the season ended, we kind of started bringing it up again. And obviously with the pandemic, everything was kind of on hold. And once we kind of saw a light at the end of the tunnel for a return to play here, I think things started to you know snowball and move forward. And, um, you know, a tree reached out to us and, you know, he gave me the option a year and a half ago. If we ever did this, would I want to stay in my same role or take on the director of goaltending role? And I was excited to make the switch. And, you know, it all went down the last few days. So we're excited to have Jason on board. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to learn from him and, and work with him.
2: Jason, for you, this must be just an ideal circumstance. I mean, it's home, right? Like, and you've been working there with the Calgary Hitmen. We obviously talked to you during that Hockey Canada Goalie Conference this summer and you get to stay home and 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 work in the National Hockey League how are, how excited are you that when this all came about
5: yeah obviously very excited and, and just just grateful for the opportunity you know not many guys get that opportunity to to be able to stay at home and you know coach coach with, the, with your NHL team that you the same city you live in right so uh very lucky and very fortunate and and uh, grateful to to have the opportunity from from Jordan and Brad and and uh um you know, when you coach and if you want to move up and progress, usually what happens is you have to move. And, uh, you know, I have a young family and, and I'm able to stay at home for the next three years at least and uh, very, very excited about it.
2: Now, what's the key? Maybe we'll start with you, Siggy. You can, you can, how does this, how do you make this work? We've seen other teams. I mean, obviously, I, I think in my mind, the Capitals, the year they won the cup with Mitch Korn as the director was the sort of the start of this shift. We've seen some other teams this summer announce a goaltending department. I mean, you know, I was joking about the Panthers and, and calling it a goaltending excellence department. I loved that name, by the way. Uh, the Coyotes did it earlier in the summer. What's what? What will make this work? What's the most important thing to to how this structure works for you guys?
4: I think a lot of it we're going to learn on the go here, but uh, we're all going to sit down when uh, Jason gets out of the bubble there and. You know, really go over the fine details of everything, but I think it's going to be a learning process. But you know, I, I think one of the keys is you know, for for Jason now as a sounding board and myself. I know doing this job for the last six years, there's times you feel like you're in, on an island and don't have anyone to really bounce things off of. So you know, I, I know when I if I was in that role, it'd be nice to have that. So I think that's going to be great to to bounce some stuff off each other, um, and then for myself, just to be a lot more in depth in the draft. You know, it's it's really tough to take on all the draft scouting and free agency scouting when you're in the daily grind of an NHL job. And, um, so to have, have more eyes and in depth in that, um, I think that's going to be huge. And then just getting out, you know, when Thomas Spear takes off to Kansas city, uh, it'd be a good time for me to go into Stockton and, and, you know, have my time there and just going to have more eyes and, uh, more hands on the goalies in our system.
2: Now, you guys, um, obviously, every goalie's is different. We've had this conversation over the years about how you coach goalies has to be different depending on the goaltender, but do you sort of develop a philosophy where you're all on the same page? Maybe not about exact specifics and you must do it this way, but do, do you think there becomes sort of a common language and some common foundations as a group that you apply top to bottom throughout this? Like, is it important to make sure that goalies, like you said, whether they're in Stockton or in Calgary, are getting the same message no matter who they're talking to.
4: Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, knowing Jason and getting to know him and, you know, working in the same building there for the last four years, we've talked a lot about, you know, the position and our beliefs and, and you know, what we see in each guy. So we're, we're on the page, same page in a lot of things already. And then obviously working with Thomas last year down in Stockton, you know, you're always hiring guys you say share the same philosophies with. So, and I don't think there's any cookie cutter approach to any goalie, but you want to be on the same uh, page with a lot of things, which I think we are.
2: Okay. Now, Jason, you're in the bubble uh, as uh, Siggy mentioned, because you've, you're there with hockey Canada. Um, How's I got to ask how like little aside here, what's that been like? What's that experience have been like? And like, you're going to get out of there hopefully as a gold medal winner and then straight into an NHL season. This is, this is kind of whirlwind, no?
5: Yeah, it has been a little bit for sure. You know, it's a unique uh, situation, no doubt. Obviously, you know, you don't, you don't expect to be in your hotel room for 19 full days, you know, before, before the world junior championship. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we're all dealing with, with what's going on in the world, you know, like it's, it's affecting everybody. So, you know, everyone's in the same boat in that sense. So, um, you know, there's obviously a lot going on trying to get the guys ready, um, from, from, from your hotel room, um, you know, and then once we get back on the ice, get them ready for when actually, you know, the games happen and stuff. And then obviously, you know, now adding this to it, trying to get ready for, for when I get back to Calgary and, and get to work with, with the flames and, and Jordan and, and the rest of the staff, which I'm super excited about. What, and uh, maybe
2: both of you can answer this one. Um, but, and Siggy, you can go first, like. You know, it make jokes about hey, Jason's been stuck in the hotel room four straight days now in quarantine, 14 days before that. But really, the world's kind of changed on us here in the past eight months, nine months. And the access we have, like you can't do things live, a lot of video technology. Are there any lessons that you guys have taken away, Siggy, that you first maybe that in terms of how you do things, whether it's with goaltenders as individuals and how you use video or looking at goaltenders for a draft, like that you see maybe continuing going forward, even.
4: You know what? I've actually, I've really enjoyed doing a lot of the scouting on video. I know it's not the same as being live, but I find you're getting way more replays now. I've watched so many more games there over in in Russia with drafting Danil Chechulev. And, uh, you know, it's, there's so many different tools you can use now to get those games. And, you know, they're starting at all times of the day with the time changes, but just watching it through video with the replays and just getting to see the guys a little closer you know it's it's helped a lot so just using different programs like instat and sport logic and you know there's so many tools out there now that allow you to do that because uh, they've taken away the luxury of in-person scouting obviously but uh, we've been lucky to have those tools
2: what about for you jason like uh, all, like right now like is there you know, lessons here in terms of how you're managing these guys who are stuck in their hotel rooms can't even visit you and yours and helping them prepare for a stage as big as this. Like it's a position that's always about learning. I'm just wondering if there's any takeaways as odd as this experience is that you might be able to apply going forward.
5: Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's ha- having access to stuff like Insta and sport logic has been a blessing. Um, again, not being able to be on the ice with these guys. So, you know, something that I've done is just st- sending guys. You know, I-, I ask them every day, you know, what NHL goalie video do you guys want? So, whether it's, you know, Markstrom or whether it's, you know, Carter Hart or past world juniors. So, Joel Hofer last year. So, here's here's all Joel Hofer's clips from last year. Um, here's Carter Hart's clips from three years ago. Here's, you know, Michael DiPietro's clips from two years ago. So, things like that that, uh, you know, I-, I think are valuable that they-, they can you know, they can visualize themselves in that, in that, in that situation, in those moments, they can learn from those guys. They can, whether they want just their actual clips of the games or, you know, like Devin Levi, for example, he wants the full game. So he wants to take the whole scope of the game and, and watch the game and sort of get a feel, you know, for the game, because these guys haven't played hockey, you know, since March, um, you know, so they've done, they, they've done, you know, they've done a good job of taking initiative in that way. And then we've worked together in that sense of, of working sending them video through that and, and then just communicating on a daily basis, like checking in, having phone calls, text messages, you know? Um, so that part's been good because you still got to build that relationship and you still got to um, get them to, to trust, you. you know, you're, you're, you don't get to see them on a daily basis, but you know, you, there's other ways around it.
2: How much you guys use video. It's funny to hear you talk about that. Like we talk about reads, right. And I think for the longest time, like reads and how, we, I used to think that was innate right? Like something that you either had as a goalie or you didn't. Some guys read the game well, some not so much. Is video a tool that can help you help guys learn to read the game better? It's obviously something we've, you know, shameless plug at Ingle, we've used with the pro reads where we have the NHL guys walk us through their plays. With that in mind, do you see value there to, you know, using video as a tool for, okay, are you looking for whether this guy's left or right handed? Those types of things. Do you see it as a, as a thing you can use to teach?
5: Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think it's, I think it's valuable, right? You can, you obviously can't put yourself, you know, in the goalie's shoes or in his mind of what he's reading, but you can show them certain situations that might occur that might make, might give them a little bit more information so they can, when that situation does arise, they've got a little bit more, more info to, 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 to give the right answer to whatever's going to happen on the ice. So, you know, I think there's, there's certainly, it's not the be all end all. Obviously they need to still use their instincts and, 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 their 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 natural you know ability, but it also can help, you know, give them more information and help educate them a little bit on certain situations.
2: Can it help Siggy for, for example, you guys have a new goaltender coming in this summer? A guy I know well here from Vancouver and Jacob Markstrom and, you know, frankly one of the league's best over the past two years. Is there an adjustment period for him in terms of systems, what to expect for def- from defensemen that you can help the transition transition with using video? Or do you really got to get into those games and understand, you know, communication, what guys, when a guy's going to block a shot, when a guy's going to get out of the way, that type of thing. Does it, do you guys, you need to be in games or can you help sort of get him started using video?
4: I mean, nothing compares to games, but we've already started to do a lot just with, you know, how we penalty kill, you know, what he likes on the penalty kill, sitting down with our PK coach and our defensive coach, Ryan Huska. Um, you know, talking about how they played two on ones in Vancouver versus how we play him in Calgary and a lot of it's gonna be built around, you know how he likes how he likes the team and defense to play in front of him. so, you know he's getting used to the guys already. We got about twenty five guys in town and uh, he's been here for a week and on the ice for about five days after his quarantine. so you know it's just getting to find out what he likes as a goalie and um, sitting down with the rest of our staff to get on the same page and then obviously when uh jason gets back it'll just transition right over to him
2: so it sounds like it is a tool at least because i guess the one thing about this year as strange as everything has been i mean there's not going to be exhibition games by the sounds of it at least and you guys you know are going to have to jump right into this on the fly like hey Wilson, welcome to the nhl as a coach now barbs here you go you got a you got a few days everybody's got to be on the same page
5: yeah yeah no kidding eh no it'll be good like uh you know it was a great support staff there, obviously, with Jordan and then the rest of the staff. You know, I know I know I already know some of the assistant coaches on the staff as it is. So um, you know, hopefully it's a it's a pretty seamless transition.
2: Okay. So you you guys obviously built a relationship when Jason was working with the Calgary Hitman in the same building. And obviously I'm I know emailing Jason in the past that I think the email though it's it's a team that the Flames own. So the the email signature is CalgaryFlames.com on there. Um that relationship, do you guys have any history together before? Like I was looking and I'm like you guys must have played each other at some point in the A back way back in like the mid 2000s, no?
4: I don't e- I don't even know. I, I know I know uh my brother knew his family pretty well. Uh my older brother. Um I'm sure we crossed paths at some point. I was probably sitting on the bench though.
5: <laughs> I know I played I played Vancouver Super Series with your brother one year uh when we were like when I was like 10. Um I remember that a long time ago, obviously. But and that year, I know Jordan was uh, in the 20s in Victoria. He, my best buddy was on his team in Victoria. So I remember going out to Victoria the one year when they went on that playoff run, uh, watching games at the old Victoria Arena there. Okay, so now,
2: Siggy, you've been a coach for a while now. Barb's was still playing. I know you never crossed past that way, but did you have to ever build a scouting report on Jason? Because that I want to see.
4: I had to <laughs> delete all those out of the system. <laughs>
2: because you wouldn't want any of your goalies seeing them or
4: I don't think barbs would want to see it. No,
5: just, just, just shoot the puck.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Chirps aside. Um, it's interesting. You guys both talked about building relationships, Jason. You talked about that as much as the video work, that it's about building relationships and trust of these kids. It's something that Jordan's talked about a lot. Um, so maybe uh, I'll let you go first, Jason. It's clearly important. I don't need, you. don't need to restate that, but how do you go about that? I mean, you, you worked with so many different goalie coaches during your playing career. What did you like from, from a goalie coach and how have you incorporated that into how you work? Like what will be the most important thing for Jason LaBarber to quickly build a relationship with Jacob Markstrom when you take, over or when you take that and start in that role with Calgary?
5: I think just being honest with them right from the start, you know, I think, you know, talking to them on a daily basis, getting to be yourself, you know, um, getting them to, to, you know, obviously getting them to trust is a super important thing. So I just, I just think that the, the daily communication and how you, how, how you approach them, how you talk to them, uh, whether it's practice, you know, off the ice, you know, away from the rink, uh, um, you know, during the game, whatever it is, and really just trying to understand them you know, at the end of the day, you know, and I think it's, it's about them more than it's not about me. You know, it's about them and getting to know the things that they like, the things that they want, you know, and, you know, if things aren't going well, then, you know, then there's, then then there's a time to, to, to put your foot down sometimes and say, Hey, like, let's get back to this. And, um, you know, being able to, to go, go about it that way, I think is super important.
2: What about you, Jordan? How what's the how do you get started? You've you're going through this process right now with Jacob and like how did you how did you initiate that process to to sort of get things off on the right foot?
4: I've become an expert at this because I think I've done it six years in a row. I feel <laughs> like we have a new goalie every season. So um no, with Jacob, it was, was kind of nice. It was easy to break the ice because my younger brother was over playing in his hometown. So um they had spent some time together I think out for a few drinks um so that was an easy icebreaker and um you know I think I think a big thing is just you know letting those guys know and showing that you have their backs and uh you're going to bat for them when when the time's right um just earning their trust that way and you know just making them feel important you know doing things going out of your way to you know go above and beyond like I think it was important that year we signed Cam Talbot. I know there's been some stories out there about it that I I drove like six and a half hours uh each direction from Columbus, Ohio, um to Ontario to, you know, just watch him train for a day and take him and his goalie coach out for dinner. It's just it's little things like that that, you know, show you care and, you know, show that you want them to be successful.
2: How have you guys seen the game change? And Jason, obviously you're seeing it more directly at the, at the CHL level. Um, and obviously now working with the World Juniors, especially this year, it's going to be just a loaded tournament in terms of talent, a lot of NHL talent there right now. And you, and you Jordan, maybe, maybe we'll start with you in the NHL. In terms of what you're doing with your goalies and the types of chances that they're facing, how has that evolved and changed? Am I r- right in saying it's a lot more east-west now? And how other, like, you can't just say, hey, guys, the game's going east-west more, be faster. Like, how do you, how do you, has your approach evolved with that?
4: You know, the the big, like, obviously the game's gotten so much faster and I think team's power plays have just gotten more elite. So um, there's way more scoring chances. It's a lot more wide open. I find with the league being so young now, there's a lot more mistakes. Uh, Half your defensemen are could be forwards. You know, they're always jumping up in the rush. So you're seeing a lot more odd man rushes. I think the biggest adjustment with all the guys now is mostly just the consistency of their depth and not getting sucked in on the rush. Um, I find guys that are over aggressive now, you know, they're just getting eaten alive a little bit. So the guys that, you know, have high hockey sense and can read the shot and the play well, they can play a little bit deeper and still track that puck and, you know, still have success. So I think that's the biggest thing right now in the NHL to do.
2: I think one of the biggest things we're missing in the NHL that that you guys would have had, especially Jason, when you were playing was a defensive defenseman, like they're a disappearing breed. And yet, you know, goaltenders just absolutely love those guys. What are you seeing? Because this is the next generation of shooters that you're working with now, Jason, or working against, I guess, Um, that skill that Siggy just talked about, that natural skill, the deception on some of these releases, like... You see this just continuing to evolve in terms of the, the equations getting a little tougher for goaltenders to solve as we move forward?
5: Yeah, for sure it is. I mean, the, the evolution of, of the player has evolved a ton over the last few years. And they finally have, you know, I always joke like they're so far, so far behind the times of a goalie, you know, as goalies, we always we're always trying to work on our games and our skill sets and and you spend the summers just working on your individual skills where players would just Show up and play four on four, and it was just about getting in shape and feeling the puck. And now they've got all these skills, skills developments, and skills camps, and all these things now. So, yeah, you're constantly trying to, to stay ahead of the curve in that sense for sure. They are getting a little bit smarter. Obviously, they're understanding things a little bit better. They're they're you know young players now want so much more information. There's just so much out there available to them. So. You know, a lot of times, you know, you're you're trying to, to 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 beat guys away when they want to come out for goalie sessions because they want to come out and they want to learn. Uh, and I, and I, you know, it's a it's a good thing for your team, but obviously as a goalie coach, you know, you've you've got to try and stay ahead of that a little bit. So it's um, you know, it's 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 always a work in progress. You're constantly trying to evolve and learn and get better. And uh, again, that's why I think this situation for us in Calgary is going to be great because you're going to have guys that you can really rely on and 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 help. You know, you can discuss different ideas and work through those processes of, of that stuff instead of, like Jordan said earlier, just being stuck on an island by yourself trying to figure it out.
3: Now,
2: I always love the goalies. I, I've always got time for the goalies that are the same way. They want to, you know, they're always looking for new information, always looking for ways to get better. But sometimes that's not a good thing. And like, I know there are guys who sometimes they get consumed by always trying to change rather than sticking with a foundation. Where do you draw that line? Have you seen that either one of you and goalies that you've worked with in the past, where it's like, yeah, they 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 want more information, but sometimes you got to, you're probably thinking to yourselves like like God, like just go out and play, maybe maybe a little less info. How do you handle a situation like that? Have you seen it before?
4: Yeah, you you always get that. Um, it's usually when a guy's struggling a little bit, he thinks he has to change something. I've I've noticed it more with guys tinkering with their equipment than anything, and um instead of just sticking what what's made them successful they've got four pat four sets of pads in their stall because they're in a bit of a slump and they're trying out different sets of gear so um it's, it's just having a conversation and, and saying like you know you, you got here for a reason and um like tinkering with your equipment's not going to make the biggest difference in the world and and then on the other side of it you know you get the guys overthinking too much and um, that's the last thing you need is that in the back of your mind so it's just it's having a sit-down conversation and you know, just trying to get them to stick with made them successful to get there.
2: Well, Jason's going to learn this when he's in Calgary. So if they have four sets of equipment, the rule of thumb is to make them stick with one Jason and send the other three over to the in goal offices.
5: <laughs> there, there <you> <laughs> go. <laughs> it is it's true, right? Like, you know, guys, guys get bored sometimes, you know, and they want to try different things and they want to, like they want to tinker and they want to do all these things. And it's boring doing the same thing all the time. Same thing over and over again, but you know, that that same thing works. So so why change it? And sometimes I think we can, you know, uh, either the goalie or goalie coach or just the, just the goalie world in general can overcomplicate things instead of just keeping it simple. Like simple works sometimes, you know. And it's okay.
2: It's a little harder for me to sell articles on simple, but I'm working on it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: And hey, well, let me ask you one last one, guys, and I'll let you go. Practice. Um, yeah, we talking about practice. We've t- Jason, you and I, I remember talking about this when you were playing. Like There were times where you would get aggressive in practice earlier in your career because you wanted coaches to see you stopping pucks in practice. But if you weren't playing a lot, those were habits that you may not necessarily want in your game when you did get to play in a game. We know that practice can sometimes not be great for goaltenders just in terms of the way it's structured. You guys have your time with the goalies, but sometimes as the flow drills get going, it's not necessarily goalie-friendly. Um, we've heard advice one way or the other over the years on how to manage that. What would be yours? Obviously, you guys will be working together to try and mitigate that. But, hey, the forwards need their fun time, too. So how how would you advise goalies, especially younger goalies for you, Jason, um, in the junior levels? how How do you manage that? How do you make sure you're still getting something out of your game and you're still sending the right message to coaches without cheating?
5: Yeah. The one, one thing I, I always remember Sean Burke telling me was that was, was he's like, I don't care if you get lit up in practice. He's like, you know, you got to stick to your, to your structure and your technique and, and, and doing things right in practice. And I, and I think that's a, that's important, you know, and I, but there's, there's times that I think, and you've got to pick your spots. Uh, yeah, there's some times where, you know what, this, this forward drill is, is outrageous and it's not fun when you're getting scored on. So whatever, let loose, you know, and, and go outside your box a little bit. I think it's important sometimes to pick your spots, but you can, you got to find, you got to be consistent. I think in the sense of, of, of sticking to your, sticking to what works for you, even if the drill itself is like, is outrageous, you know, you, you still got to have that, um, you know, the, 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 the technique, like play it like you would play in a game, you know, even though it's not game related, even though it's not necessarily a game like situation, uh, still play it like you would in a game,
2: and I guess Jordan, the, the from a coaching standpoint, the key is making sure that the rest of the staff understands that this can be a challenge for goaltenders, and that pucks are going to go in that way, and that they shouldn't be judging that you know judging a guy's performance based on drills like that.
4: Yeah, no, I, I agree with with barbs completely on what he said there, you got to practice the way you're going to play. You can't just start getting aggressive in practice and then try and go back to the way you want to play in a game. You need that consistency and that routine. So, um, you know, our coaches are pretty good in Calgary where they'll, they'll sit down before practice and ask, you know, what drills are good and bad. And, um, times we'll even bring out a third goalie and let him hop in for all the, the terrible goalie drills. So, um, seems like you'll go through practice some days and you'll have a great practice and you'll end with some half ice three on three game and just lose all your confidence. So usually if we had something like that, we'd just do a goalie drill at the end of practice just to get the guy feeling the puck again and feeling good. And, um, it's just, just making sure those guys leave the rink feeling good about their game every day.
2: Okay. So I, I promised I had, that was the last one, but you've, you've given me the idea for one more because this is what I do. Um, Barb's is laughing in the corner there. Um, Practice goalies. You just introduced that to me, and obviously we don't know how this season's going to look. And you might get a third goalie just to have three around with COVID and all that's going on and quarantines. Um, you see something? Do you see that as something long term that would have benefit for the goalies? I, I always go back to Doobie, the first year in Minnesota and playing thirty eight straight, and he always said, like, yeah, I played thirty eight straight games because we had two other guys there. Nikki Backstrom was still there. Um, Darcy Kemper was there. He'd come in, he'd do his goalie work. He'd take maybe one or two rush drills and then he'd get off and he played 38 straight games that way. And it always blew me away that here we are five, six years later, no teams have adopted the philosophy of, you know, we're, we're not able to play the number one guy as much as we want because we keep wearing them out in practice. So could we actually see a practice goalie? And are you volunteering barbs to be that guy this year?
4: <laughs> I think, <Absolutely>. uh, <laughs> I think I think you're going to see it happen, um, and I think it works as long as that third guy is a guy that knows he's the third guy. Like I I went through a whole season with three goalies, and each guy thought they were the guy, so it, it was tough. But if you have a designated guy that knows he's the third guy, I think it would work great. Again, you you have these guys like I'm sure Markstrom would be a little stubborn. He loves to be in the net. He loves to work. He loves to earn the respect of his teammate by being out there in practice. So. You're gonna have the odd guy that's not gonna like it because they want to be out there, but I think that's where you kind of got to put your foot down when you know guys are tired and need that break. And uh, we have a lot of local college guys around that we bring out from uh, University of Calgary and Sate and and all over here.
2: So Barb, it sounds like you're off the hook. Nobody's throwing you in the net, so that's the good news. Do you see see the advantages potentially of of that type of situation? And and I guess I guess the other key thing is you. We all know forwards don't want to shoot on. Plugs, So it's not like you're inviting Kevin Woodley out to get lit up. You've got a decent roster of goalies there to sort of get in the net and, and take those shots.
5: Yeah, no, for sure. If you can find ways to manage your starters, energy levels on a daily basis, I think it's a great idea. And you're right because, you know, just like we talked about earlier, your, your practice habits and stuff. And if you're, if you're a guy that plays a lot and you jump into practice and now your practice is an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, it's really hard for you to be consistent with your habits on it because you're just trying to get through the practice. And so sometimes that's where a, your energy levels go, but also your habits can go a little bit too, because you're just trying to survive instead of actually getting something out of it. So if there's days where, you know what, yeah, my energy, like I'm tired, I played last night, I got to play tomorrow. And we're having an hour long practice. Well, I don't need to see this many shots. I felt good. I feel good about my game. I did my goalie session already. I can get off the ice have a third guy come in who's who's a decent goalie i think it's a great idea
2: excellent stuff hey listen uh jason best of luck with uh the world junior championships coming up here and with getting the guys out of their hotel room back on the ice and ready to go by the time this all starts it's going to be a fascinating tournament and one with i think the whole hockey world watching while we wait for the nhl to start so Uh, best of luck there congratulations on that and also congratulations on the new gig and to you too jordan congratulations on the director role and thank you both for you know taking the time to join me today and kind of fill our in goal audience on how this is uh how this is all going to work we're excited to to hear from you and excited to see how it how it pans out
4: thanks for having us thank you i'll talk soon
0: That was outstanding. And, you know, you guys mentioned different things that coaches have been forced to use to adapt to this new world. You know, Kevin, think about it. Like, you're not getting the two of them on this day uh, while well, LaBarbera's in the World Junior Championship uh, isolation without all of the uh, streaming and, and the Zoom calls and everything that we've come to accept as normal uh a, a year ago you wouldn't be able to pull this off so we we've kind of used the 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 lessons learned in the pandemic to our advantage here by that interview that you did
2: yeah no and um absolutely right now now i think i could get siggy cuz i did time it well i timed it around his kids bath and bedtime and you know he's Good. got four so um, he didn't mind taking a little break there to talk to us for a few minutes there. Matter of fact, you know, if, if we'd cut that interview off a little earlier, he might have ended up having to help. So he was happy to stick around and
0: talk with me and Barb for an extra couple of minutes. Just don't tell his wife.
1: Sounds like a woody move.
0: Was he saying just one more, just Kevin, tell me you've got one, one more, more question. question. <laughs> uh, the, the goaltending department idea that, that we've referenced a couple of times, it makes sense. And. It can really help your organization. We all agree on that. But I also think you need the right mix to to make it work. It's not just, I'm going to throw four or five goaltenders as coaches in a room. you got to have real defined rules for everybody and a defined philosophy. Wouldn't you, Hutch?
1: I think you do. And I've been spending a little time thinking about this as we all have uh, over the last few days as we've seen this rise recently. And, uh, you know, one of the common opinions is, well, it's about time. Why wasn't this done a long time ago with it being the most important position in the game? But really, if we look back 15, 20 years, were there enough people ready to be NHL goalie coaches that we could put a team of three or four guys together at that sort of level? So I think it speaks to the to the growth in the profession and the number of qualified people that are, are now able to, to lend a hand with each one of these teams. And, uh, and I was, I was fascinated. Um, you know, with Siggy was talking about it being so important that, that he and Barb's are on the same page and that they, they think the same way. And that makes sense um, to a point. I'm going to be fascinated to see how all these different departments evolve over the next five, 10 years. It's going to be a really interesting study to look back on because being all on the same page and having the same philosophy will be really important to have sort of an integrated approach throughout the organization. You want to know that your prospects are are following the same sort of pathway as the guys at, at the NHL level. However, you know, I think it's also been shown time and again in, in large organizations that the most progress is made when you have differing opinions sitting around the table. So let's not forget that you, you also have the ability now to, to add different voices who they, they're probably going to be on the same page philosophically to an extent, but it's great that you can have those different voices now when you start problem solving for people. And I think Siggy alluded to that as well when he said, you know, he's sort of a man on an island until now, and and now having that ability to to share with somebody else, I think is really going to be important for everybody's growth, and it's it's an exciting time.
2: And I was going to say, you know, the one I the one I think of there because you know, we're obviously focused on Calgary and Florida got a lot of attention last week, but uh, the Arizona Coyotes and the announcement with Brian DeCord and how. The, the key for Decord was that they called it a director of goaltending operations. And so it was really important to him that there was no sort of perception that he was above everyone and he was dictating. He was sort of guiding, managing, providing resources for all everybody else within the department as opposed to dictating to. And I think it's important when you talk to Mitch, um, when you talk to Siggy, when you talk to Roberto... Um, these guys all say the same thing. It's not about me being at the top, being a boss. It's about developing that exact thing you're talking about, Hutch where we're all on the same page, but nobody's dictating to anyone else. It's an open discussion till we come to an agreement on how this should look, how it should work and And what I love about D- what decord brings to it, and because you can get stuck in your organization and lose that access to outside voices. We saw it with the New Jersey Devils for years. Um, when Lou Lamarilla was there, their coaches were not allowed to talk to other people and they atrophied. They will tell you that they atrophied in, in a position that evolves constantly. They didn't maintain those relationships outside. They were stuck in their bubble and everything changed around them. Um, Mitch Korn, it's one of the reasons that he still coaches kids in the summer. Not just because he loves to coach, but because all the guest coaches, and they bring things and ideas that he can continue to grow from. And so you build a department to have multiple voices, but it doesn't mean you stagnate and only listen to the people within that department. You still look for outside things. And Decord, in his role at Stop It Goaltending, it's such a good fit because he's always got all these other people around him that are bringing ideas, bringing technologies, bringing resources, bringing a Sense Arena. Right There's something that he's at the forefront of and ahead of other organizations, the coyotes with, along with the kings, will be sort of ahead of this curve because Brian's involved with that for his business, and it benefits the coyotes. So you're, you're absolutely right, Hutch. This can't become, a, you know now we just have four guys on an island. It has to really be about guys that are able to now branch out and see he'll have the opportunity as he goes and scouts and looks at goalies in other places to have conversations with more people and get new ideas and continue to expand everybody's options while at the same time developing a philosophy that can, yes, evolve but has some continuity for the goaltender to come through your system from the top to the bottom.
0: And from breaking new ground with this approach to going back to our roots and Francois Allaire is going to be a guest on Ingold Radio, the podcast. And we have Bernie Perrot, whose first pseudo goalie coach was his partner when he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he learned off of, uh, uh, the man that was his mentor in, in Jacques Juan. Uh, so we have a couple of, uh, fascinating guests who will turn back the clock a little bit, uh, coming up in the next few weeks.
1: Honey. Yeah. We're dialing it up as we, we lead up to episode 100. Uh, we had a fantastic conversation with Bernie Perrant, and, and, and you led that brilliantly, Darren. Uh, I was always fascinated by his relationship with Jacques Plant, uh, Jacques himself, one of the first goaltending coaches in the National Hockey League when he was brought down at Philadelphia to work with Bernie. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, Francois Allaire, who is is the godfather of goaltending coaches, the the first coach who should find his name in the Hall of Fame, as Kevin has been uh, on that, at that podium for for many years now. Uh, incredible to have both these guys and, and just a great opportunity to learn over the next, uh, over the next few, few weeks here with Ingle.
2: We're working on, we're working on one more. We don't want to jinx it, but it's a doozy. And we're working on that as well as we try and ramp things up to celebrate the new year with some really big guests in episode 100.
1: Episode 102 calendar years, boys. Like this is, it was a fun journey that we set off on two years ago.
2: Remember when we started and we read all that stuff about how most podcasts don't make it through five episodes? Yeah
0: we were, we were re- we thought we were big time by 10 <laughs> now we're now we're just old now it's just a habit yeah and, and we want to thank all the uh listeners uh podcast uh, uh, the uh loyalists around the world of goaltending and it is true truly a world of goaltending we know you're listening in Europe we know you're listening uh, all over Russia uh uh in the southern hemisphere in Australia we see those uh podcast downloads so it's uh, it's great along with uh, everybody here in North America you're uh, you're along with the ride uh, right with us and we consider you uh, in the co-pilot seat uh although you don't throw us curveballs uh like like we threw uh, each other tonight with the illegal curve combination uh thanks to uh Jason Labarbera, Jordan Sigalet uh, good luck to Barbs inside the bubble and to Jordan in his new role uh we can't wait to follow the progress and the expansion of the uh, goaltending departments around the national hockey league. And thanks to uh, Woody and hot show one more episode before Christmas, one more chance to remind everybody about the last minute gift ideas. We'll talk to you next week on in goal radio, the podcast.